Welcome to this Holistic Performance Institute virtual roundtable featuring guest experts answering your health and nutrition questions. Today's topic is sweet treat or poison. Are non-nutritive sweeteners healthy? And I'm stoked to have as our guests Professor Grant Schofield, a professor of public health from Auckland University of Technology's Human Potential Center, a good buddy of mine, someone who has been a co-author on many of my papers and was my supervisor for my PhD. Uh, our good friend, Dr. Eric Helms, who is a research fellow at Auckland University of Technology. Uh, he's also a well-known coach, expert, author, uh, one of the world's leading experts in physique uh, and strength and performance. Uh, he's also a contributor to the Holistic Performance Institute, where he has created our Research Skills for Practitioners course and is an advisor to the Institute. And the final guest is Dr. Mickey Willardin, a female health and performance expert, uh, someone who has been a senior lecturer at both AUT and Unitech, uh, was also a co-author on several of my papers, and is a contributor to the Holistic Performance Institute, providing our courses on women's health, women's performance, and of course, our women's health and performance bundle. So what does the research tell us about non-nutritive sweeteners and health? Fortunately, non-nutritive sweeteners have a pretty solid health profile in the research. Uh, for instance, there was a meta-analysis published in 2019 titled The Association Between Intake of Non-Sugar Sweeteners and Health Outcomes, Systematic Review and Meta-Analyses of Randomized and Non-Randomized Controlled Trials and Observational Studies. And they looked at a wide range of outcomes. Uh, specifically, they looked at studies that looked at uh, healthy adults and children with or without overweight or obesity, and they examined various factors such as body weight, body mass index, glycemic control, oral health, eating behavior, preference for sweet taste, cancer, cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, mood, behavior, neurocognition, and overall adverse effects. And they found no significant differences for the vast majority of outcomes. And in fact, some outcomes actually slightly favored, for example, changes in body weight, the non-nutritive sweeteners. That was Dr. Eric Helms highlighting the generally favorable state of the research around non-nutritive sweeteners. However, Professor Grant Schofield is a little bit more cautious. I think it's really hard to unpack good epidemiology around sweeteners. I think the thing is to detect changes in health markers that are long-term, either chronic disease, endpoints, cardiovascular disease, development of diabetes, death, those sorts of things. You need quite a bit of variation in something where there's a reasonable dose. And I think the reality is that uh, they make a small amount of what we eat up, even in people consuming quite a large quantity. They are relatively ubiquitous, so most people have some exposure to them. And that makes it really difficult to detect effects going forward. Um, so I think you know the majority of the evidence when you look at meta-analysis and that sort of thing show evidence that there may not be effects or they're safe. And I think that's there's a, there's a couple of things that we need to take into account that, first of all, uh, age-old thing, absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. So there may still be some effect. We're not detecting it on those sorts of longer-term health outcomes. I think also it's worth considering that 
there's confounding variables in these sorts of epidemiological studies if they're cohorts perspective studies that follow people up uh, that make it harder to detect effects as well. So people who eat and take sweeteners uh, you know, have other probably poorer health behaviours or maybe they're better health behaviours than people eating sugar um, that confound those and we just don't know about those. So that's definitely something to consider. So yeah, you'd probably be right in the controversy and going, well, is there evidence that confirms that these things are harmful using those, that type of epidemiology and the answer as well? Probably not. It's the same reason things like glycophosphate and maybe things like cell phone exposure, other things like bisphenols, plastics uh, that get into the food supply that it's really hard to detect population effects for hard endpoints in health and that's that's worth considering. So the next thing is, well, is there evidence around health that's more mechanistic or plausible mechanistic? And I think that's starting to get there. Uh, you can do feeding studies with people. Those are much easier to control uh, and we do see things mechanistically that you'd be concerned about. So, for example, some artificial sweeteners include... Um, provoke a higher insulin response when taken with other calories and yeah, most of these drinks are almost always taken with other calories and that's, there's a differential effect depending on whether you're insulin resistant or not. So there's evidence there. Uh, there's a sort of basic principles idea that you know, these are chemicals that we don't know any of their long-term effects. So on, a, on the basis of being on the safe side, then you'd better off recommending something like water or other things. Are they safer than sugary drinks? I think absolutely. So I think that's a really fair point to think about is that these uh, substances which are better, the harm mitigation doesn't necessarily make them harmless. So that's sort of where I'm at with thinking about sweeteners. One thing I would be mindful of when you look up research on non-nutritive sweeteners is the potential for seeing reverse causation in some isolated studies looking at correlations between changes in body mass or body weight or BMI and the use of non-nutritive sweeteners. Um, when we look at experimental trials and high-quality evidence, like I said, we typically see an effect of body weight going down, either neutral to a positive effect of non-nutritive sweeteners. However, if you simply look at associations between BMI and body weight uh, and the use of non-nutritive sweeteners, sometimes you can see the opposite, that individuals with higher BMI or body weight uh, consume more non-nutritive sweeteners. And this is probably, based upon the experimental data showing the opposite, a reverse causality, meaning that individuals who are dieting typically are higher in body weight or higher in BMI. And because they're watching their weight and trying to modify their diet, we're observing them consume more artificial sweeteners, or I should say non-nutritive sweeteners. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the non-nutritive sweeteners are causing that effect. So just be aware when you're looking at the research to have a high level of critical analysis. Don't let your uh, intrinsic biases influence how you perceive studies and make sure you're looking at the highest quality evidence. And that's where you can see the overall positive leaning of this data. Both Grant and Eric make some really pertinent points about how we should interpret this research. But what is the translation? How does this actually relate to health? Generally, I would say that uh, non-nutritive sweeteners are neutral maybe slightly positive for health. Uh, ultimately, health extends far beyond body weight uh, or potential metabolic positive outcomes related to losses in fat mass or reductions in body weight. So on the whole, I would probably say neutral, but you could make an argument for being slightly positive as uh, the vast majority of research suggests that 
replacing calorie-containing beverages with uh, non-nutritive sweetened beverages or using non-nutritive sweeteners to reduce calorie intake can result in uh, very modest reductions in body weight, which could have knock-on positive effects. So it seems pretty clear that the benefits are really from reducing sugar intake. So should non-nutritive sweeteners be used to reduce sugar consumption? Uh, they absolutely can. And uh, the research bears this out that when you replace calorie containing generally sugar sweetened beverages with uh, non-calorie containing uh, non-nutritive sweetened beverages, or, or just in general, when you make that swap, you see good outcomes. Um, and this has been shown uh, pretty, pretty consistently in meta-analyses, both published by Rogers in 2016, and then more recently uh, in 2020 by a study by Laviata Molina uh, titled Effects of Non-Nutritive Sweeteners on Body Weight and BMI in Diverse Clinical Contexts, Systematic Review and Meta-Analyses. And these generally find uh, that you do see slight reductions in body weight uh, when you replace sugar with non-nutritive sweeteners. Uh, that's particularly in, in, in people with uh, overweight or obesity uh, under an unrestricted diet. So that is potentially a, one of the more clear outcomes and where I would generally advise people to consider the potential benefits of non-nutritive sweeteners. Can sugar uh, sweeteners be used to reduce sugar consumption? I think that's actually a really good thing. Uh, in fact, I've been in quite a lot of trouble for, I think, a statement that I made in the media recently that got misconstrued. I said that uh, I felt that sweeteners were to sugar what uh, methadone was to heroin. And I wasn't trying to compare the things as being addictive, uh, illegal, deadly substances, which heroin obviously is. I was merely pointing out that uh, while methadone is a, a more harmless but not harmless substance used in drug addiction, especially around heroin addiction, uh, I think the same benefit could be said to be true around uh, these sweeteners and sugar, if people, and there is evidence that people can be addicted to sugar, there's an addiction element there, uh, and there's certainly good plausible mechanistic evidence around the mesolimbic system and these sorts of things, uh, can the non-nutritive sweeteners help remove people from that? I think the answer is, um, yeah, probably. And I think that would be a, a real benefit of them. Are there risks around that? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're still provoking dopamine responses and uh, the pleasure and pain seesaw of that dopamine cycle and you're better off just going cold turkey and being done with it. But you know, that's an age-old uh, question and addiction uh, around that dopamine seesaw and whether you're better off just uh, biting the bullet and going cold turkey or, or going through some other fashion. And I think we've got some evidence that the sweetness can help with that. I'm glad Grant brought up that recent media coverage because I was one of the people that drew attention to his comparison uh, of non-nutritive sweeteners to methadone. I thought that was sort of a, an inexact sort of comparison because methadone, of course, is an opioid. Uh, it has problems all in and of itself that are very similar in many respects to heroin. I think when we're looking at non-nutritive sweeteners, we're looking at something that is quite different because the actions and effects of non-nutritive sweeteners are quite different to the sugar they're replacing. But he's obviously clarified that uh, and can see that there is a valuable role for non-nutritive sweeteners potentially reducing people's sugar intake. So one of the things that I I'm sure is coming up in the minds of many, and this is a question we get very frequently, is are there better or worse sweeteners? So I'm going to throw that out to all of the guests. And first up, enter Dr. Mickey Willardin. Uh, 
slightly the negative impact findings of the most recent research looking at the changes in gut microbiome according to those different sweeteners. Um, I would say that uh, the sort of aspartame and stevia monk fruit um, may well be a better, well, from a gut microbiome perspective, better option than sucralose. Having said that though, you know, if people are really trying hard to uh, steer clear of uh, chemicals, then stevia and monk fruit and thormartin are more uh, natural, if you like. They are all processed. So it, it just really depends on where you sit with that, uh, with regards to that. The vast majority of research on non-nutritive sweeteners has been done on aspartame. Uh, when you look at the meta-analyses that are out there and the uh, big associations between multiple studies that don't show any negative uh, effect on health from non-nutritive sweeteners, the majority of that research is on aspartame. So I wouldn't necessarily say that aspartame is better than other non-nutritive sweeteners, but I would say we have the most confidence in that data. Um, and there are others, of course. Uh, there is saccharin, which you'll see in sweet and low. Uh, there's aspartame, like I said, which you'll see in equal. And of course, there is sucralose, which you're probably familiar with, which, which is in Splenda. And the safety profile of these others besides aspartame is generally positive, but we just don't have quite as much research. I am aware of one study on saccharin showing that at pretty high doses, it can have an impact on the gut micro microbiome. But we don't know that much about the gut microbiome to know what type of impact this might have on health long term. Uh, although we do have studies on Splenda and aspartame, uh, which suggests that they don't have similar impacts. So if someone really wanted to be circumspect, especially if they had any history of uh, GI distress or uh, gut-related issues, they might want to avoid saccharin in high doses. But uh, besides that, I think most of the uh, non-nutritive sweeteners that are on the market have solid safety profiles, although I would generally lean towards aspartame just because it has the most research behind it. The question is, there better or worse non-nutritive sweeteners? Why, why not? Yeah, this is an interesting question. I think some of them have been under a lot more scrutiny, and I think that's probably aspartame, the, the, the most common sweetener has had a fair bit of scrutiny and seems to be uh, relatively safe. Of course, people argue that it came from you know, insecticide and these sorts of things, and that therefore it isn't. Then people would argue things like stevia, uh, because it occurs in a plant form as a more natural substance. I'm not sure I buy um, either of those arguments. I think there is evidence from a recent review that things like saccharin, uh, some of the sugar alcohols, will you know, have more of an insulin-provoking effect than the other sweeteners. Uh, but yeah, I think as they stand, uh, aspartame, stevia, those types of things will probably be the two go-to so far as I'm concerned. So finally, to wrap this up, should people use non-nutritive sweeteners? So should people use non-nutritive sweeteners? Yeah, probably, but I don't think it's a, it, it, it's a harm reduction strategy. It's not a health strategy. Are these things harmless? I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, and I'd be surprised if they were completely harmless given some of the mechanistic and feeding study evidence. Uh, is it detectable in bigger epidemiological studies? I don't think so. Um, at least not yet, at least with the sort of way that we do that type of work and the confounding that exists. Um, should people use them? Yeah, I think that's going to be an individual decision. Uh, I think probably 
uh, I've used them a fair bit throughout my life. I don't use them at the moment. Uh, and I sort of feel that they probably do affect me adversely. I think they probably have some, I at least believe, I'm not sure if it's a, a scientific belief, that they probably have some negative effect on my gut microbes um, and change my insulin resistance. But, um, you know, that's my opinion. So I don't use them. Uh, would I prefer people use that rather than sugar? Absolutely. Um, that's harm reduction. Um, I guess it's health, but not health in terms of optimization. So it depends what sort of advice we're giving. I think they're entirely optional. People, I don't, I don't think they, they necessarily need to use non-nutritive sweeteners unless their individual context dictates that it would be beneficial. So for example, if you're currently someone who is consuming a lot of sugar and you have uh, in your diet, like you enjoy the sweet flavor, uh, you like sweets, and you can find a way to replace some of that with um, non-nutritive sweeteners, fantastic. At the same time, if we could take another individual who maybe needs to gain a little bit of body weight, is an athlete, uh, and would, would generally benefit from increasing their calories, and even from sugar, um, I don't think it would be necessarily a good idea to try to just replace uh, that with non-nutritive sweeteners. It really comes down to individual preference and context. Uh, it is a useful way to reduce calorie intake in people who consume uh, sweetened beverages and foods to replace those things. For example, swapping out, you know, flavored uh, sugar sweetened yogurt with uh, plain yogurt with Splenda or swapping out your Coke for your Diet Coke. Those are easy swaps. And then someone who is trying to make weight loss a little bit easier while still enjoying some of the things that they like to consume or looking for maybe even just some passive weight loss or perhaps to lower their blood, blood glucose a little bit. Um, those are potential viable uh, options. However, again, just to say this, because I do sometimes see athletes get recommended to quote unquote eat healthy, but if they're not getting enough energy, if they have a very high energy output, uh, and if they think that sugar is quote unquote bad, rather than understanding the context around it, it actually could be a bad idea for them to replace, say, uh, a Gatorade with a diet version of that Gatorade. Uh, in the middle of a competition or a race or something of that nature. So I think context matters, but specifically in the context of metabolic health and especially among those with overweight or obesity, it's probably not a bad idea to consider the use of non-nutritive sweeteners. At this point in time, I would say that non-nutritive sweeteners are neutral to good. So like most things in nutrition, it's individual, but on balance, even if there are still some unanswered questions, from recent research, especially around glucose homeostasis and the microbiome, as a way to reduce calories or sugar intake, non-nutritive sweeteners are in all likelihood a viable and relatively safe option. Thanks to our guests, Professor Grant Schofield, Dr. Mickey Willardin, and Dr. Eric Helms. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out our courses to become a fully qualified health coach, sports nutritionist, or clinical nutritionist, and our library of short courses and continuing education at holisticperformance.institute.